0: Okay, today on the show, I've got a very special guest all the way from the the great US of A again. It's Kenny Starmaker Bolin, famous wrestling manager and host of the Bolin Alley. How are you doing? Oh, today? Hell, I,
1: I want the guest. you I want Chris Hansen. You told me you had Chris Hansen on the other day, big NBC yeah. star.
0: Yeah, but we're going to try and top Chris Hansen.
1: Well, let's try that. Yeah. We'll, we'll see who's the most personable, who's yeah. the most entertaining yeah who's the most electrifying we'll find that out at the end of the pod. and you can be honest with me, if it's chris Hansen, i'll i'll take a bow
0: yeah yeah we'll have we'll to maybe like,
1: uh oh well there might be yeah. sex going on by every time i go live <laughs> the dogs decide it's time to have sex on camera so gotta, and that's that, that that
0: brings me into my point that we were just talking about off air about streaming yeah. and things like that not about bestiality but uh we're no kind of no out. we, we try yeah. not to promote it here come here come here yeah. uh, come here, you want to be on camera
1: he said, we don't do shows in Dublin, too, uh, in, in the Ireland market that much. So we we got to get in here. Well, that's, uh, that's Scooby. That's cow. Hey, we're widescreen now. You see the big screen. that's that's As a matter of fact, Chris Hansen appears on that network every night. That's MSNBC. And uh, there you go. So I got MSNBC queued up. Chris Hansen can come on here and it matters. Hi, Scooby. You like Chris Hansen? He says, no, I'm looking to that cat food. I keep cat food on my desk because the cat comes up here and eats during my shows. And uh, Scooby wants the cat food, but you okay. can't have, a, you can't have cat food, right? Okay. All right. All right. He's gonna hang in here for a minute. I guess he. Whenever I do a show here, because here's Choco,
0: is the show's gone to the dogs? It's, they see they see that red light coming on, and that's it. They're attracted to it. I think they. It's I think that's
1: way. what they. They know every time I go live, because otherwise they never come bother me over here. But yes, when the shows yeah. go live, they're over here like, hey, yeah, we want to get on camera. We might get a donation or something, right? Yeah. All right, Scooby's a camera hog. <laughs> He's a camera <laughs> hog. <laughs> we were, he was on we'll in Dublin true. earlier today because my uh, daughter in law, who lives in Dublin, was at the mall, and uh, my son's chatting with her, and he see and, and the, her friends see the dog. Oh my God, yeah. that dog looks like Scooby! They said, "Well, guess what the dog's name is?" They said, "The dog's name's Scooby." That's that's the dog's name.
0: Yeah. So in in Ireland we call it the shopping center.
1: The shopping center, okay. Well, the mall, <laughs> shopping center, the Galleria. We have the Galleria down here in Louisville. So yeah, so yeah. lots of different. But you don't use the the phrase mall over there much. It's no, the, we don't. We don't center. use mall. No mall. Okay, all right. But well, you're the land of Conor McGregor. So what do you guys know?
0: Yeah. Did you get any Conor McGregor insults with Chris Hansen? Probably not. Probably no, not. no, no. I didn't no. think so. Poor old Conor, uh, kind of. I think the money kind of ruined them from that Floyd fight, you know.
1: It, it kind of seems that way, don't it? it kind of seems that way. He's having M- fun, though. Let's just say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say was we were kind of talking about being podcasting. Well, what I'm going to say is that we started the show
1: 17 minutes late, is what I'm going to say. Yes. I mean, I'm an, I'm an I- important man in the wrestling business, or I was 10 years ago. So keep so me hanging imagine- around
0: 12 minutes what the hell imagine broadband imagine broadband that's who we're going to blame we'll call him out here what's
1: right what what is your broadband company we have spectrum over here what do you got imagine is mine um it's a satellite imagine if it's going to work or not is probably what their (laughs) motto is it's normally good not today no sex please and they're both boy dogs republicans hate my dogs because gay lovers and all (laughs) (laughs)
0: what i was going to say uh youtube podcasts and all that kind of stuff you said you don't really do the twitch thing No, i don't yeah i don't smoke dope and i don't play games so (laughs) there's not much use for me over on twitch do you find that everything you put up on youtube because i find it these days is like nearly demonetized straight away and you have to claim or appeal against the video Believe it or not, not with
1: mine, because I don't show uh, any video clips anymore. I used to, and we got hit all the time. WWE tried to shut me down for 90 days because I was showing live from uh, the Yum! Center on my television. I had the volume down, but I had it live trying to promote people to go because they only sold 6,000 tickets in a 24,000-seat arena. They tried to make it look full, but we knew it wasn't. So I was trying to motivate people to go or, you know, if you're nearby, drop on in, you know, get you a ticket real cheap out front and go see the show. And and they gave me a copyright strike because I had the company that I worked for for 10 years, developing talent for them, gave me a copyright strike. I had to write them a letter saying, man, you're going to financially fuck me up. What's the language like on this show, by the way? Oh, you could say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, same thing on my show. Mm-hmm. And um, so... And plus we raise a lot of money to help Filipino families. So not only are they going to hurt me a little bit, they're going to hurt my Filipino families a lot. And we're building a house for a group right now. That's why you see food for Filipinos at gmail.com. That is the uh, the PayPal address. If you'd like to donate to help those families out, every $5 donation goes a long way because for every 12 donations we get that are $5 at 60 bucks, that'll feed a family of four for 30 days or more. So if you feel it in your soul, you got an extra five bucks. Uh, what is that over there? Uh, about probably about five pounds, I guess. Is uh, pounds, the same. pounds we're, Right, we're we're euros, but it's the same euros. Excuse me, uh, my bad. Yeah. Now, who's pounds? Uh, you can tell I'm geographically inclined. Uh, that's England. England, the old that's enemy, she, Yeah. Well, she was in England recently too, so I guess that's why I get my pounds and my euros confused. Yeah, so, now, sharp, is, the, yeah. is the pound reasonably close or no? I think they're all close now at the moment. They're all pretty really. close. Okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they tried to get, that That was the most serious thing I ever had to deal with. Cause they were going to shut me down for 90 days and that would, that would have killed me and those families. I mean, cause uh, my supplemental income comes off of this. We feed a lot of families on every, uh, every show we do. And, uh, so I wrote them a letter and they got me reinstated within three days. So instead of 90, but still, still an inconvenience. And, um, If you play any music whatsoever, like a lot of the Filipino girls will want to send in TikTok videos of them doing a little dance and these obscure piece of shit songs that no one has ever heard of, will get you a copyright claim and it will demonetize it. But we make most of our money off donations. Uh, The views, we don't even really worry about. We we used to just say shit on you and we do a whole music show because we don't really make a shitload of money off the views anyway. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would think, unless you're getting hundreds of thousands of views, the money is not that great. Um, yeah, yeah. I know what we make is nothing to get all riled up about.
0: And i tell you one we... thing, one thing that's funny, right? I started this YouTube shorts thing last month, you know, because everyone said, oh, I, I haven't do done that yet yeah, because I don't do nothing, I do is shorts. So yeah. I haven't bothered I got, to try it yet. So I just clipped them from podcasts and I just okay. use clips, 10, 15 seconds clips. I got an extra 50,000 hits last month. Really? You're kidding me. And I got one cent. What? Yep. A penny for fifty
1: thousand views. Yep. Mother Hubbard. Um, no, that ain't worth it, is it? Few new subscribers. Few. Few new subscribers. We, we, maybe we we, an we extra average, hundred or so. How many?
0: How many subscribers do you have on your channel? I have two thousand two hundred and 23 i think at the time of recording. all right i I've
1: I've, I've I've got to, now all my shows are long as fuck i mean if we do anything under an hour it's rare uh we have many two and three hour shows uh, over mm-hmm. the course of the last you know five or six years so i hear that's one thing that slows up our views is because our shows are so damn long but we we basically cater to the live audience if they don't if they don't donate yeah. when they're watching live they don't donate Uh, There's an option there to where you can, Hey, if you like this show, donate $2. Fuck. No one ever does that. Uh, Not with me. And, uh, Mm -hmm. but we're more or less a talk and entertainment show. We cover all kinds of subjects, not only pro wrestling, but sports and television movies, especially politics. And, and that's going to rub 40% of the country the wrong way. 60% of the country might like it. And, um, And uh, we used to talk about COVID quite a bit and, and, and cover misinformation and shit like that. And uh, I cover a lot of shit that advertisers don't like. so it really doesn't do me no good to cater to the advertiser. I cater to the viewers that want to help people. And so yeah. we do pretty good, but you wouldn't think so with the numbers we get. I used to get 10, 15,000 views a show. Uh, A couple of shows I did about Cornette, didn't even have him on it, uh, got over 50,000 when we exposed a few things that he was trying to get a friend of ours in trouble over. We gave the truth version and got about 52,000 views. Um, And so you're telling me we would have earned a penny off of that? We we demonetized the show because people accused us of, oh, you're just trying to make money off Cornette's name. I said, well, fuck you. We'll just demonetize the show. So I don't know what we would have made. It's and, the we shorts. We and we didn't take donations that night either. So, so how many goddamn views you got to get to make if 50, a penny of 50,000 views. We, that's we got 50,000. That's, we, that's we, the short stuff. That's just uh, shorts. A bad month. will average, um, uh, 12 to 15,000 views in a month. And on a good month, we'll average 25 to 35. And, uh, but I do, I've got a lot of content out there. You know, I've been doing these shows for quite some time. Uh, my next show I think will be thirteen uh one thousand three hundred and nine I think so wow. we got a lot of shows and they're all long as fuck you know yeah. the, the shortest shows are 55 minutes to an hour the longest ones are ninety minutes to three hours
0: yeah I've, I've, even, think my I've, longest, even, I've even done a few 12 hour shows raising many I, think, marathons. I think my longest show was maybe an hour and ten minutes or something like that and I tried to keep them between yeah some well, of them were probably be 15 minutes. When I was doing Sports
1: Keto, they like to keep the shows. Well, I, I tried the short shows because everybody told me that's where the money was. And we didn't make dick because we weren't giving anybody time to donate. Because they, they don't donate if they're not watching the show live. And, exactly, and we'll, yeah. we'll put Filipino families on. So our structure is just so much differently than what other podcasters do. Uh, and people wouldn't think we do very well. But not only do I make some money for myself, we feed a lot of people. Uh, ice cream for the Philippines. We do, we get bags of rice for families, pay their electric bills. Shit. I sent out five or six payments today alone, just off what we raised off the Tuesday night show. Uh, what, what is it? I'm sorry. It's Tuesday and Thursday night shows. Yeah. And plus we're rebuilding a house. We're trying to believe it or not. We're going to build a house for $1,400 or less. That's a house. Crazy. We, 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 we've built five or six so far. Six. If you count the one we refurbished. And so this will be the seventh house we've built. And uh a little of my money, you know, uh I I pledge a couple three hundred, Bob pledges two or three hundred. We got a couple other guys that pledge that, and then the rest is fan donations. So we do about half, they do about half. And uh works out good, you know, and puts them in a nice house, no rent, no bills, better than what they were living in, doesn't leak, doesn't have typhoons blow it down. So that that's kind of what and we haven't hardly talked anything about fucking wrestling yet, so yeah. So like what well oh, I'll take ha- some extra time. I I am not gonna cut you to thirty minutes. It took us long enough yeah. to even get on here. Yeah, but like I do like I I like I how the chair know. matches the jacket though. Mine used to. <laughs> but mine's just black now. I put a cover on mine. I put yeah. a cover on mine, but my mine's black and white. So my chair my jacket would have matched my chair if the cover wasn't on this. Yeah.
0: When I when I started the show, I didn't want to focus directly on pro wrestling because it's very hard to get some guys. And I just yeah. thought, right, I'll just cover oh, yeah. music, different things, kind of like what you do, you know, because if you're focused directly on pro wrestling, you kind of need to be doing Our most popular
1: shows things. are when we talk about music and television and movies. Th- those are probably the most popular in interactive shows because everybody's got something to say as a rule. Yeah.
0: Mostly now my more popular videos will be wrestlers because some of the websites mm-hmm. are always kind of watching what these guys say. Mm-hmm, and they'll mm-hmm. write some they'll take some quotes and that gives me a nice oh that's what I, I was called i was called mr Quickbait on sports keto because i
1: will tell you the truth about these people and i will also not hold back on how i feel about them if i worked with them and they're a prick you're gonna know about it if they pulled some shit you will know about it and if they were sweethearts and and good guys you'll know about that too and i don't give a fuck who i piss off i've been retired for quite some time i'm not trying to get a job anywhere and I've, uh, I'm set up pretty good on AMC and Ape stock shares. I've, financially, I'm going to be all right. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not beholding to anybody. If anybody wants to come to Louisville and whip my ass over what I said, everyone knows my address. I'm not hard to find. I'm not Connor McGregor, but, um, between me and my son <laughs> and my neighbors, and I got four cops that surround me on each side of the building, I think I'll be all right. So, if, if, if I'm worth going to jail over because you don't like what I said, or or possibly get your ass beat pretty bad, uh, probably best you just sit there and you live in your living room or your mother's basement and just shut the fuck up and take the criticism <laughs> and go with it. I'm pretty mouthy for a 62 year old man, ain't I? <laughs> you
0: just say what you want. Just Who say gives what you want. Shit, right? Who gives a yeah. shit? So, look, a, a lot you know? of people that will be watching this obviously will will be wrestling fans and, uh, oh yeah yeah how did but, you get involved well, in OBS, I mean, i've, I've, I've,
1: I've worked with and have managed everybody so you know it's hard to throw a name at me that i haven't worked with or at yeah. least uh yeah. worked on a show with or or know of you know it's kind of hard to throw any names at me i mean shit, i've worked with some i'll throw one name off. at you
0: that probably yeah, go ahead,
1: go ahead. I'll, tr-
0: I'll i'll throw one one guy that you managed that i thought never got the push he deserved as a singles competitor in WWE. Mr. Rob Conway, yeah. what's your thoughts on him?
1: Rob uh, Rob Conway uh, was the, the only three-time member of Owen Services at Ohio Valley Wrestling. He came and went three times uh, to go heel, babyface, heel, babyface. And, of course, with us, he was the heel. And he did very good both ways. He was a hell of a babyface. The crowd really loved him. He was a hell of a heel. Um, his bi- His biggest flaw when he got to the WWE, and he'll admit this. I've heard him say it is that, uh, and also he recommended me to get the broadcast job along with Al Snow, uh, when that slot came available at OVW after Cornette had been fired. Um, they thought that I was the best one to take his place. Well, I had the job before he got there. Jimmy fired me. So I would have to manage my own talent and to get me off the broadcast booth. So Jimmy fired me and then I replaced Jimmy when he got fired at the broadcast booth. And, uh, me and Rob always got along real good. And, uh, but his biggest flaw, and this is out of his own mouth, is that he started believing the Iron Man gimmick. He he thought he was that guy. And, and, and there's a lot of people that have worked with me because I was able to get so much free stuff in Louisville through selling my personality, the television show, personal appearances, shit like that. I didn't pay for much of anything. And so I was known as a scammer and a con artist and all that shit. And the stuff that was in the book about the Kroger meat opportunity. So some of the guys that didn't know me real well thought that was the guy I really was, that I would con or scam anybody out of anything. And I don't enter into deals with anybody that where we're both not happy with what we're getting. And so, all these, well, he scammed that restaurant. Either. He scams this. No, nobody gets scammed. If I'm not happy with what I'm getting and they're not happy with what I'm getting, that's not a good deal. And you don't keep doing that deal over and over and over again, which is what we always did through my 17 years with Ohio Valley wrestling. Uh, if they didn't like the deal they was getting, they wouldn't keep having me come back. So, uh, so I, I didn't eat for any, I didn't pay for any food. My cars were free. Rent was pretty much free due to renting out rooms to wrestlers. Uh, yeah. they would have a bed of satellite television, of TV, um, nice setup. And, and by renting out three or four rooms of the wrestlers, shit, I was making money off my house. I wasn't losing any. So, uh, so I didn't pay for anything. So Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy even said, it's like you make a hundred thousand dollars a year and you never have to leave Louisville. You know, you only work on the shows you want to work on and we don't make you go anywhere. So I, I really had a dream job here during that time. And then I got 30% of all the personal appearances I booked. Uh, if they were paid personal appearances, sponsors got their appearances for free. Uh, but if Paul Miller Ford wanted stone cold Steve Austin to sit with him at the autograph table, that's $30,000, $10,000 for, um, uh, uh, the Hardy Boys, uh, $10,000, $15,000 for Jericho, $5,000 for The Big Show, $5,000 for Mark Henry. Just set at their autograph table. Well, if I booked them and I booked them all, I got 30%. Pretty nice good master. deal. Pretty good yeah, deal. Yeah. And then the rest of the money goes to OVW. You know, the wrestlers didn't get it. Uh, they're being paid by WWE to come here. So it was just another revenue way to to make money. And uh, fuck, if I'm getting 30%, well, here's the other thing. Here's the company's getting 70% of the money they wouldn't have got because they didn't have anybody else that knew how to do what I did, booking us on uh, WHAS radio. And, and of course, Cornette would come in and take a lot of credit for it because he would go down there as the face of the WWE. Yeah. It, okay, we got Kenny, the local star here, but oh, no, now we got Cornette. He's all over WWE television. He was on WCW. So now you got the national recognized guy and the local recognized guy. And then we'd both go in there and close deals with WHS radio and television, stuff like that. You know, the, get our TV deals, uh, get us on in multiple cities Cincinnati, Indianapolis, uh, Portsmouth, Ohio, uh, Wheeling, West Virginia, uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, down near Tennessee. So we, we were on television in like a seven state radius for a local television show. And there's not too many places to do that. And then the DVDs started selling, and then we get seen worldwide. From Dublin, Ireland to uh, Manila, Philippines to Mexico to Canada to wherever, you know, uh, I used to have military people write me all the time. Oh, I watch your shows all the time. Well, how do you do that? Well, we order the DVDs. And that was, and that was really before the internet was all that popular. The DVDs sold extremely well all over the world. So
0: yeah, because you even see to these days when you look him up on YouTube, you can see that people have kind of ripped the DVDs
1: and put them oh, on yeah. You know, oh yeah oh yeah, yeah, they're all they're all out there and uh but back to the Rob Conway thing uh he said that he believed his own gimmick he he didn't know when the Iron Man was on or off and mm. so he would take the, the the stage actor that was out on camera and he would be that guy in the locker room and that got him mm. a little heat in the locker room i I think I was fortunate enough to know when you turn it on and when you turn it off, um, as far as the character goes, because if yeah. you're constantly being the con man, shyster businessman in the locker room that, that you're doing out on television, that's just going to get a little old. So, but, but out of his own mouth, that's what he said. I, I, I believed I was the iron man. I, I didn't, yeah. I forgot who Rob Conway was.
0: I think and he might be right, actually I'm working the there.
1: NWA champion, not all that long ago. And I think I heard Nick Densmore is now doing his last matches, who played Eugene. I managed him as well. And, yeah, um, Had him on the podcast. Other, another douchebag I didn't care too much for in OVW. I hear he had his last match the other day. Won't mention his name because I don't want anyone give me credit, but I didn't care too much for him. And, um, and plus he was a racist. Uh, he was once quoted. Uh, he I actually don't that- know who you're talking about. Uh, I'll tell you off the air because I'm not going to give you okay. credit. Okay. Uh, but he, um, uh, he once made a statement with me and my son that, uh, he had a problem with Mexicans and, uh, he was, well, what's your problem with Mexicans? I just don't want them here. Well, he was married to a Canadian. So that <laughs> he was married to a Canadian. He didn't mind her being here, but okay. the people with darker skin from the South, he had a problem with them being here. And, and, and several members of my family are married to Mexicans. So I found it to be quite offensive. So <laughs> once we realized he was a racist little fuck based on the color of your skin, we didn't have too much use for him. Yeah. So yeah. for those, there are some people out there that now know immediately who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So
0: it's went over and my head. You, and
1: if you don't, I'll tell you after the show. I'm not going to give him any yeah. fucking publication.
0: Yeah. Uh, one man you mentioned there just was Steve Austin. Just curious to know. I yeah. actually was in, I was in Dallas last year. What did you oh, think yeah? of that match in his return? And obviously, he...
1: <coughs> I, uh, I, I, thoroughly enjo- I thoroughly enjoyed it because he's always entertaining no matter what he does. Uh, my eyes give me a lot of trouble, so bear with me. <coughs> I have to constantly keep my eyes moisturized, as I have said. And um, but now, Steve, I've done his podcast a couple of times, and we got along real good. We worked with each other at the Louisville Gardens with Rico Constantino, uh, who would probably be another great guest for your show too. Rico is now in the law enforcement in Las
0: Vegas. Okay, he
1: was he was on my show for ninety minutes the other day, but he pops in all the time, just whenever he has free time. We get him on. And uh but Steve Austin, uh his return, and you were in Dallas, that's where my co-host lives, uh Bob Hazelwood. Uh Bob yep. lives in Dallas and uh and was kind of raised with their uh, territorial wrestling uh with uh uh well Bill Watts was up in Oklahoma and then you had the uh the Von Ericks running Texas. So that's the wrestling Bob was raised around, and he used to help out backstage quite a bit with some promotions down there that involved Terry Garvin and some others. And, uh, but no, Steve's a hell of a character, man. I mean, uh, stunning Steve Austin, I don't think was ever going to make more than a few grand a year. Uh, but stone cold Steve Austin is one of the greatest characters ever in wrestling. And, uh, and I loved his return and, and as bad as I hate to admit it, I even think, uh, that, that little kicker that was an announcer and now he's over at ESPN, Pat McAfee. Uh, I don't care too much for him politically. We do not line up. Uh, at all, but uh, he did a hell of a match. So whether I like somebody or not, if they do good, I'll admit it. And I didn't expect anything out of him, and he did—he did a hell of a job with what they gave him to do. So I will give him yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Politically,
1: we don't line up too good. And anybody that wants anything to do with Joe Rogan can kiss my ass. I got no use for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, um, is, is, racism, is racism as big a deal? And I would think it would be. But then again. Racism, Racism is everywhere. People just want to hide it. It is. It is. Um, uh, well, the percentage of, of blacks now, if you fig- if if you figure in blacks, Mexicans, uh, Latinas, Cubans, if, I mean, if you factor in everybody, we are getting almost, if, if we're not there already, to to a fifty fifty split of what's in America. The, the the whites are getting ready to become the minority, and politically, they're having a lot of trouble dealing with it. But I remember when I was in high school, they said that it was that the ratio was one black for every 10 white. And now they claim it's 12. That doesn't seem like since the 1970s, that doesn't seem like it's increased that much. But what would you say the ratio is in in Dublin as far as uh, dark skinned people of any race? What would you say? Because I could see, see just from what I've seen out of some people from Dublin that came over here and got famous, I could see racism being a problem over there. I really could. And, and And some of those get linked with our southern backwoods rednecks that think that if and 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 many of them don't realize that their parents came from another country as well. They just had the the, the good fortune for them is the way they see it, that their shade of skin was lighter. So I'm better. And I hate that fucking thought process. When I see how the slaves were treated, it just eats me alive. That you think because your skin is a lighter color that you're a better person than the darker skin person? And that was what it was based upon. They looked different. They thought a little bit different. They might act a little bit different. Also, I'm better than you. Well, most of most of them didn't come from this fucking country either. And yeah. uh, Trump had no problem letting people from Norway come to this country, but he didn't want anybody from Mexico coming. As you notice, he wanted to build a wall around uh, <laughs> yeah. Mexico You never talk about building one around Canada, which has just as much drugs and crime coming across the Canadian border because that's where they go because they know they're not being monitored as thoroughly as they are in Mexico. So, uh, and I just wondered what it was like there. Like, do do the native Irish give dark
0: people a problem over there? I would say possibly historically maybe the older generation. Uh uh Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think things are changing. are changing. Here yeah, here. I, I think things are changing. As far as numerically goes, mm-hmm. I'd say in Dublin alone it could be maybe three in ten, but in Ireland yeah. as a country, I'd say it's more like overall probably one in ten. It's still pretty okay. low. But I now, I've, I've heard
1: country. I've heard that the Irish not, are not overly fond of Americans in Ireland. Is, is there any truth to that? There's, it's not true on my behalf, but they do well, a lot of. Well, I, I wasn't linking you with them. I mean, you can't yeah, link yeah. you with these southern dumbfuck rednecks either. They, but you They, they know. do a lot of. I dumb. was raised with them, so I know their thought process because that's how I was raised. The I stereotypical- was very raised by. I was raised by a biological father who was the leader of the KKK in Norfolk, Virginia. My other family members might not have been in the KKK, but they would have been honorary members. So that's yeah. the shit I was taught, and 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 racism and hate is definitely taught. If you put a black kid, a Mexican kid, Latino kid, Irish kid, white kid, kid from Norway, kid from Munich, Germany together, and no one teaches me different, they're going to get along. They're not even going to give a fuck about the color thing or the language thing. You know, they will find a way to get along. But when you have the parents teaching you, well, we don't like him cause and that's what the shit I was taught. And then I would meet these people go, well, what's the fucking problem? You know, we treat them different because they have a different color skin les johnson's and and this is a real name les johnson was a dear friend of my family but we couldn't be caught dead walking into his home because that makes you one of those you know you can't be one of those Mm -hmm. and that's the shit i was taught until i got away from it when i turned 14 years of age but racism is definitely taught it's not inherited all right well we're just
0: covering all kinds of shit here today aren't we there's, there's a perception in ireland uh that americans are stupid and then there's a perception. Yeah, well, uh, Maya told perception. me the same
1: thing. Maya yes. spoke very English when she got there. So they, and Maya uh, graduated Bellarmine University down the street from me with a 4.0 grade point, actually above a 4.0 grade point average. She got a scholarship to go to Oxford. There ain't too goddamn many people do that. Uh, one of the smartest fucking people I know, she speaks seven goddamn languages. She goes to Teeling's Whiskey Factory, and because she's speaking with an English accent, they're trying to act like she's fucking stupid. She's the smartest goddamn person in the building. She got promoted more times there than anybody in the fucking history of the company in a shorter period of time, and now is a big shot with fucking Google, doing real well. Treating her like she's stupid because of how she speaks and where she comes from. Mm-hmm. That's where we fuck up at. And we and and we're taught over here that everybody in Dublin is like Conor McGregor, Or drunk or drunk. <laughs> well, and uh, I I, used I was I was. Congress. I, I was drunk manage,
0: all the time at Dallas. Stuff.
1: Yeah, I used to manage an Irish wrestler, and but he's dead now. Uh, God, what was his name? He was in the WWE for a short period of time, with but with us, uh, he put over the Irish gimmick, and we we made him, and he was a babyface, so we made him the drunken Irishman. Easy place to go for wrestling, <laughs> and uh, and Conor McGregor. I don't know if he's a racist, but I would he sure comes across as one. What what's your opinion?
0: Um. I wouldn't be surprised. The guy is always in trouble. Let's just say that from yeah, from, yeah, yeah. You, you don't you don't hear everything over there that we hear over here. Say probably that. not. Probably
1: not. Uh, we we probably know Ireland shit is a on... very Ireland's a very small country. Yeah. we, and now, we, keep, it, it, we doesn't, hear doesn't about everything. Trump, doesn't Trump own a golf course over there, or am I got the wrong place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He owns one in County. How, how's, he per, how's he perceived over there? An idiot. Okay, well, over here, yeah. Yeah. We, we see him as an idiot, too. <laughs> yeah. Even though he was always... Anytime someone's telling you how smart they are, you can probably guess, no, you're not. Because but I got the vibe.
0: Throat. I, I got the vibe, though, when I was in Dallas. Well, that- an idiot and a crook,
1: by, by the way. An idiot yeah. and a crook. Now, now, yeah. Texas is going to be his best shot.
0: A lot yes, of backwards red was and say.
1: who love Trump in Texas, but it's only about 55% of the state that like him.
0: The other 45% can't fucking stand him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the feeling that he was somewhat more popular in Texas than we yeah, would have been if yeah. we were in a different part of America. That's yeah, the only ever. Yeah, anytime you're in the
1: deep South, those are the backwoods, not all of them, uh, but I was raised in the deep South, and that's where the backwoods rednecks are lack of education, lack of IQ, easily perceived. And also, they accused the Bible thumpers. They said that the that Republicans and the GOP take their act to the Bible thumpers because they've already been taught to believe an unbelievable story, the Bible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, so that is, that is how the, and Neil deGrasse Tyson said that he says, the, he says the Republicans cater towards the Bible thumpers because they've already been preconditioned to believe an unbelievable story. These people will believe any fucking thing. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and there's still people to this day that uh, God's coming. He's going to do this. And he's going. if I pray, I'm going to get this. He's going to take care of me when I, you know, and no, he's not. I'm sorry. If there, <laughs> is higher, if there is a higher power, he's fucking up. You know why? Because babies keep dying in tornadoes. <laughs> yeah. Pardon the phone ringing. I got no way to shut up. It. It's all good. I was trying to see... That's that's telemarketing. So I'm just, bye. All right. Yeah. Someone telemarketers all fucking day. Uh, but, uh, so, so but how religious is that now? The Philippines is 84. It's pretty, re- it's pretty religious Are they? Still. Are they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. the Philippines are 84% Catholic, which I was on television over there for five years. I have tons and tons of friends over there. They're 84% Catholic. I married a Catholic girlfriend before her was Catholic. And um but in America, it's only like twenty-one to twenty-three percent of the country's Catholic. The Southern Baptists seem to be prominent here, or the Protestants, as my son calls them. They yeah. seem to be uh, big over here. What's big over in Ireland? Well, oh, it's,
0: it's, it's mostly Catholic, I'd say. Is it it mostly be... Catholic
1: there. What what percentage would you say if you had to guess? If I would guess, at least well, 70. Let 50 Let me see what Google says. Hey Google, what percentage of Ireland is Catholic? Could be interesting. Seventy eight percent of Ooh. some information on your
0: website. You're as bad as the Philippines. <laughs> I, I said 70. I said 70. Oh, I
1: thought you said I thought you said fifty. Okay, well, you were no. close then. Yeah, 78, 78 not really. too bad. Mm. Uh, but the Philippines is 84% Catholic. If you find a Baptist there, you wonder how the fuck they got there.
0: And in, in, uh, in, in, in ten years time, being
1: taught by Baptist churches.
0: In ten years' time, it's not going to be like that. You know yourself, this religion thing is dying out with people going to church. Well, they've history. been saying that since the sixties, and guess what? i really is though.
1: And, and I think deep inside, I think deep in people's minds, they agree with me. Yeah. But they're scared they to say, say it. it. They don't want to say it. It's it's like a lot of the shit I say. There's a lot of people that agree with me that are terrified to fucking say it. And because uh, the religion, supposedly, going to church and all this shit has been fading since I was a kid. And here we are 62 years later. and still going up. Still going on. Now, not as many people go to church, but they will not tell you there's not a God and they're terrified to fucking say so. Well, if there was a God, I'll tell you what. If there was a God, why do preachers never seem to be in a fucking hurry to die? When they're on their deathbed, they're as fucking scared as anybody. They're taking all the medications. They're calling in all the doctors and nurses. Please save me. Goddamn, please save me. Well, if it was the fucking great on the other side, just shut up, lay there, and go to the promised land that you're so fucking thrilled about that you've been trying to... Convince people exist. Well, if it existed, you'd be happy to fucking go there and you wouldn't mess with Mother Nature. So there you go.
0: One man that's had issues. Now I'm
1: pissed off 70% of (laughs) Ireland. So there we go. God damn it. One one man that's had issues. And the other 30%, I'm sure, believe in something. So what do you do? One man that's had issues with God. I got news for you. I got news for you, Catholics. He ain't. He ain't coming. You know Why? Because they've been preaching that story a long fucking time. He ain't showed up yet. Every time you get a baby that's sick and you pray for that baby to live and then it dies, well, either God's a prick or he don't exist. One of the two. Oh, Jesus. That's, well, that's well pretty, no, pretty no, no, Jesus Oh Jesus B. And I also say, hey, whatever gets you through your day. Whatever gets now that I've angered seventy percent of your country and are probably hopping on planes to come to my street right now. Whatever gets you through your day, but trust also, me, trust me if you just do the math and just look at shit right. Even Cornette, who believed in God forever, when his mother died on a toilet of cancer, and he says, "Kenny, I, I'm with you. There's no God." I said, "Well," and, and and this was fifteen years ago, whenever when his mother passed away. I said, "Well, why are you with me now?" He says, no, God would let my mother die the way she did. He said, you would agree with me. My mother was a saint. I said, she's probably as close as they get. He says, no, God would do that. And he became a bigger atheist than me. Uh, I I believe in karma. And my son says that is a form of religion. But Trump makes me believe there is no karma. Because, but maybe karma is about to be served. He's got everybody up his anal orifice right now. And if (laughs) they don't get him now, they ain't never going to get him. But, but, but of money and politics, money and power gets you out of a lot of shit that me and you can't get out of. Mm-hmm. And that's, that ain't right. That ain't right. Yeah. Law, law should be the law. If Trump fucks up, not fuck up, we should be facing the same fucking sentence, but it don't work that yeah. way. Yeah.
0: yeah. How, I was much gonna money say- How
1: much money you got? We'll get you out of this. Oh, you need a good attorney. Well, I can't afford a good one. Well, you're fucked. You're going to prison. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. Well, cause I ain't got no money. The law doesn't matter. So, no, fuck the poor, and buy yourself out of your trouble, and that's what Trump has done his whole yeah. life: is buy himself out of yeah. trouble.
0: Money and power leads me to uh, Vince McMahon. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. be, I'm going to be uh, the, the the. There's a clip from the podcast that I I won't mention now, but I'll send it to you later. That's been picked up by Vice TV to go on this documentary. Oh yeah, okay. That's, co- that's coming oh, out. So on,
1: you got a clip that's going to be on Vice.
0: Yeah, it's only going to be a couple none of seconds. my shit's made
1: Vice yet. I'm I'm hurt. They need to be sifting through my shows. I got some
0: shit they can use. Yeah, just, I I don't know how they found it, but they they found it anyway. Did you get any money money for it? I did, but uh, I wasn't going to. I'll tell you about that off camera. All right, tell uh, tell me off uh, here, Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. But um, what I was going to say is, any stories about working with Vince or did you get to meet him much? By the way, what is today? Is today Thursday or Friday? Today's Friday, right? it is friday
1: i was up. wondering if i had to do a pot because i did a double header yesterday too i did another podcast before i did my own and uh and i totally and he was out in san francisco and i totally forgot what goddamn day of the week it is back to your vince mcmahon question I, i've met him a few times mm. technically worked for him for 10 years developing talent but go ahead
0: yeah yeah um what was he like when you met him any stories about he- him
1: he was very nice. Um, he had mainly heard about me for a long time through Cornette. Uh, yeah. and, and, Vince, and Vince and Cornette and uh, Bruce Pritchard and a few others used to ride together from time to time. And Jimmy would always tell stories about me and him from his childhood and how we started our own little wrestling organization called the KWA. And, well, me and Bolin would do this. Well, me and Kenny, and it was normally me and Kenny. He wouldn't even say Bolin. Well, me and Kenny wouldn't see it that way. Me and Kenny do this. Well, me and... He, uh, Pritchard and Vince and all we heard, me we thought you were a mythical character. We heard your name come up so fucking much. We didn't even think you could possibly be real. So I never met Vince in person till the first time when uh, I was at Freedom Hall to do the match with uh, me managing Cena and Rico against Brock Lesnar and Shelton Benjamin at Freedom Hall. We were the main event dark, and we almost became the opening match on television. But I've told that story a few times. But. Um, reflect on my old podcast to find out why me and John Cena and Rico almost opened up raw basically because one of the other talents wasn't ready to go. And they said, can you go out there and do that again and change the finish? So I guess I am kind of telling the story. So we're in gorilla ready to go. We're in gorilla ready to go. And then that other match got ready and it, and it knocked us off of Monday night raw. That would have been cool as shit. Oh, uh, man. if we had opened up Monday night raw, cause none of us had obviously had any worldwide television experience yet. Uh, Other than me doing some bit rolls in the back, to where no one, you know, I wasn't there as Kenny Boland. I was just a bit character in the back with Kane and a couple of other things. <clears throat> so, um, I got into uh, Cornet takes me over and he's Mr. McMahon. I want you to meet uh, Kenny Boland, and I reach out and shake his hand. I said, "How you doing, Mr. McMahon?" And I did it like, um, uh, "Oh shit, Briscoe," because Briscoe was standing right next to him. And he was, Mr. McMahon. So I did the same thing. I, I copied Briscoe. He goes, Oh my God, not another one. <laughs> because of Briscoe <laughs> calling him Mr. McMahon. He says, God damn, if you're not real after all. I said, what do you mean by my real? Coronet's talked about you so much the past several years. We thought you was a figment of his imagination. We didn't even think you were real. I said, Oh no, I'm very real. It's <laughs> a pleasure to meet you. And then later that night, um, Christopher is out watching. He's little. He's like, fuck 10 years. Well, he's about 12, 13 years old and he's out watching the rehearsals of the matches and Rico's out there going over his match. Lawler's out there going over his. And, um, cause I think he's got a little thing to do on that night as well. And, um, security wants to throw Chris out because there's not supposed to be fans out there watching and they don't know who Chris belongs to. And I'm in catering me, Kane, Cornette and Lo Brown are at one table, Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon are off to my left at another table. And then the other guys are scattered out throughout, but we're having catering before the show. And Vince is ironically the table off to my left. We can hear every word they're saying, but no one dare goes over there. And, uh, and me Dilo, Kane, cause we're, we're, all smoky mountain guys, uh, in Cornette, all of us work for smoky. So I was the ring announcer down there from time to time and backstage production, shit like that. And, uh, so that's the smoky table. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, I see Rico and Jerry Lawler walk by, and they got my kid. And um, so they tell me this story. They say, Kenny, he's about to throw your son out of the building. I said, well, that fucking sucks. How would I find him? Well, we got him. We said, Lawler says, yeah, I know who that kid belongs to. He's given to me. So Lawler and Rico walk him back. And I said, well, why were they going to throw him out? He said, there's not supposed to really be anybody out there watching us dude. I said, well, Chris has been watching his shit since he was a year old. I said, it ain't nothing new to him. He knows what y'all do. So um, I said, well, I said, said, is it okay if he sits here? And uh, so he comes over and sits with me. And McMahon says, hey, Kenny, is that your boy? I said, yes, that's my son, Chris. I said, he's about to throw him out of the building, but Jerry Lawler and Rico saved him. Chris, what would you think about coming over and having dinner with Vince McMahon? Chris looks at me. Yeah, (laughs) he didn't want to eat with us. He'd eat with us a thousand times. He's, yeah. Come on over. So Chris goes over and gets to have dinner with Vince and Stephanie. So he's sitting over there and Cornette and Kane and Deal. I've never fucking, uh, I think Kane and d we we've, we've never eaten with Vince. That's the "Well, Chris Jeez. is. I said, Chris is eating with him. <laughs> so he invites him over to have dinner. And uh, so then of all people, um, God damn it, what was his name? There's Meow Meow. Jeremy Meow Meow just showed up. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, Tony Guerrilla. Tony Gurria comes up to me uh, after we've had catering. I've already met Vince in the previous little thing there. And he comes up to me, he says, he's, and he just walks up to me out of the blue. Why are you waggling your tail? What are you doing? Don't waggle your tail to screen. Well, she, her tail's in front of you. You can't see her. If he's widescreen, her tail was just shaking right in front of the whole thing. And, uh, well, well, she's eating now. So you can't see her. My <laughs> Filipino thing is blogging her. So yeah, she's eating now. It's where her cat food bowl is. So, uh, Tony Gurria comes up and, and, and I think he's, I think he's ribbing me. He comes up and says, who the fuck do you think you are? I said, Kenny Bowen, nice to meet you. Hold my hand and he won't shake my hand. I said, uh, we got a problem. He said, yeah. He says, uh, why is your kid backstage, uh, eating and catering? I said, well, uh, he was invited to be here tonight. I said, he was sitting out there watching the guys rehearse as he's done since he's about one or two years old. I said, the security tried to throw him out. Jerry Lawler brought him to the back. And he sat at the table with me, Cornette and Kane. Vince McMahon saw him, asked him his name. He said, "Come on over and have dinner with Vince McMahon." He said, "I want you to know that my kids have never even met Vince McMahon." So now I'm turning <laughs> into a smart. I said, "Well, I'd, I'd be happy to introduce him to you, uh, to to him for you." And now he's really pissed. And I said, "Man, I said I'm just here to do my job tonight." I said, "My son goes where I go. And he was told he could come here tonight and I didn't plan for him to be backstage, but they brought him back and that's where he is. I said, if you got a problem with it, why don't you go talk to either Danny Davis, Jim Cornette, or Vince McMahon? They're the ones that had him back there. And I encourage you to talk to Vince and maybe he'll meet your kids. And then I turned and walked away. And then, uh, what was it? It was uh, Molly Holly and ivory. And, uh, who was the one that played the, the superhero, like, uh, crash Holly, uh, Oh, Molly, Molly Holly. Molly, Molly Holly. Yeah, yeah. Molly, so, Molly Holly and Ivory were there. And uh, so they had me come over and talk with them. I said, I can't believe you stood up to Tony Greer like that. I said, Well, he was a prick to me in Lexington once over something stupid. And now he's back here being a prick to me again. So, I guess he just doesn't like me. Fuck him. I said, He's not the reason I'm here. And then, uh, uh, what's his name? I don't think he's with us anymore. Um, uh, God damn it. Um, Patterson, Pat Patterson walks up. And he said, man, that was cool as hell watching you stand up to Guerrilla like that. He didn't expect, no one stands up to Tony Guerrilla. Good God. No now. Awesome. Probably another you know, telemarketing. It doesn't tell me who it is. <laughs> and um, it doesn't ring this much when I do the nine o'clock show. The telemarketers are busy at six o'clock. So Pat Patterson walks up and he gets a kick out of me standing up to Guerrilla. God damn, that was worth the price of admission. Nobody stands up to Tony Garea. I said, well, what's he going to do? Fucking beat me up? I said, my kid had dinner with Vince. What am I supposed to fucking do about it? And I, I've never met Pat before, other than maybe brief encounters. I've never really talked to him. He said, mm-hmm. God damn it, man. He says, oh, how come you ain't eating catering? I said, well, he pissed me off. and My son got to eat with Vince." I said, I, I'm all right. I'll eat after the show. No, God damn it. You're going to eat on me. And he bought me a Papa John's pizza. So me and Ivory and, um. Uh, And uh, Molly Holly shared the Papa John's pizza that he bought us uh, that he had delivered to the stadium, I guess. And I forget even what catering had. I was just sitting there bullshit because I didn't want to eat before the match because I know that we're going on pretty soon. We're going to be the I think three matches were in the darks, and we were the main event dark. And the last thing I wanted to do was eat and throw up in front of twenty thousand people. So, uh, so Pat Patterson was impressed with it. The girls were impressed with it. And um, and me and
0: G- Tony Gurria just never got along. So, is he still alive? Is th- I don't know. I is the rest, is the wrestling company or is the wrestling world that fickle that a guy would get upset about your child eating with someone? You would, is it well, really the old, that? The, fucking old bad?
1: the old schoolers have a tendency, and I'm old school, but yeah. times have changed, times are a little different, and uh, you know, uh, I guess I could see. But goddamn, if you're so intimidated by your boss that you won't even introduce your kids to him, and especially if you got as much stroke as Tony Gurria, you know, maybe the new fucking guys don't bring their kids backstage. Vince can't meet every goddamn kid on the roster, you know? So I get that. But as much stroke as Tony Gurria's got, I think he can bring his goddamn kids backstage and introduce them to Vince McMahon if he wants. But that was what he hit me with. My kids have never even got to meet him. Well, I can introduce him if you like. Um, because Vince had heard about me for a long time. So it was like we knew each other when I met him. He just, oh, goddamn, you're real after all. <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm real. So we got along good. But then again, I've been very critical of him here recently because of the shit that was done. And I'd heard about that shit before. Uh Cornette tried to dumb me up to it here recently on his podcast, claiming he didn't know about it. Yeah, he did. Because this shit's been going around since the mid-80s, even before Jimmy worked for the company, we heard about all this mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. And when he worked with the company, we heard about shit. And the girls would talk, but they'd be terrified to try and do anything about it because they didn't want to lose their jobs. Um, I was around uh, when Trump groped two of the girls. And they were terrified to say anything because they knew that Vince would believe Vince. Uh, I'm sorry, Trump. And would cover for him because that's his buddy. They're little billionaire buddies or we didn't know Trump was a fake billionaire at the time, but we're about to find that out now that these tax taxes have been turned over to Congress. That ought to be interesting. But, um, women, women get treated like shit in the wrestling business as a rule. It might be getting a little bit better now, but it's still not as fair as it should be. Um, and, and look at all the charges brought against Vince right now. All the people that are filing charges, those people ain't making shit up, man. I mean, you know, but they went through some shit and, um, and what was Sable suiting for a million dollars and he ended up hiring her back, probably to make a lawsuit go away. would be my guess. Well, I'll drop the lawsuit if you give me my job back. And, uh, but no, he sexually harassed a lot of women and I don't go for that shit, whether he was nice to me or not. And I've had people do that, you know? Uh, well, Kenny, I know you hate so-and-so, but he was good to me. Yeah, well, he also admits he gropes pussies, you know, when Trump admitted that because of his celebrity, he could grab a woman by the pussy and, and they wouldn't say anything. Well, OK, well, you're a douchebag to me. What if that was my sister you groped? What if that's my aunt, my mother, my cousin? You know, fuck you. You ain't got the right to do that. Keep your goddamn hands to yourself. So just because Vince was nice to me and I appreciate that he was and my son, that still doesn't mean I can't hold criticism for the shit he's done. And, um, and the wrestling business is notorious for it, especially with the old schoolers. And they get mad when I talk about it. But as a, as a dear friend of mine in the wrestling business who, uh, just had a birthday recently, and I'm not talking about Jerry, the King Law or three people had birthdays that days, but one of the other ones said to me, Kenny, did you notice when the me too movement came out, our names weren't in it? I said no, and I said I'm a flirty motherfucker. I said I flirt with girls, but they know I'm clowning, and even that's almost not acceptable. You almost can't even flirt with anybody these days, so I, I try to tone that shit down. Filipinos love it, <laughs> but there's a different type of over there. Their yeah. problem is is that they never get any fucking compliments. That's what they all tell me. They're all they're all trained to believe they're plain and simple. Every you can see the most beautiful Filipino girl in the world. Oh, I'm not. I'm just plain and simple no, you're not. You're beautiful. You know, people should be fucking telling you that, but they're, they're trained to think they're plain and simple. So that's what they believe. That's what they yeah. believe. So, um, but women get the short end of the stick in the wrestling business and, yeah. and, and to a degree they still do. It's better than it was, but, uh, the men still think they're the real deal. And I guarantee you, if they ever give the women their own show, and I'm not talking about glow or any of that, I mean, fucking wrestling, a a wrestling show. And I'm not trying to say that Glow's not, but I mean with the company. I mean, if AEW breaks off and gives the women an hour and if WWE or 90 minutes, whatever, I guarantee you their ratings are going to be about as good or maybe in some nights better than the men. I truly believe that. I've been saying it for about 10 or 12 years now, and I stick to it today. Give them their own show. And then you don't have to worry about competing time with the men.
0: Mm -hmm. give them who's on first
1: who's on last and all that kind of stuff exactly exactly and uh and when women have main evented and they've done it a lot more lately than they had in the past even before events went away uh the women have done very well there's been women main event uh uh uh, wrestlemania recently yeah and that was that was unheard of in the day you know it's got it's got to be the rocks got to be cena got to be hogan got to be undertaker stone cold whomever Never never dreamed putting any of the women out there, but that that has changed. But then again, the star power of the men is greatly reduced. You got Roman Reigns,
0: and that's about it. Yeah, there's nobody else, sister. Let's be honest. And
1: they hated Roman with a passion when he was there before. Then since he came back with a tumor, he found a way to get himself over, and has done a hell of a job at it. He's raised the Usos from mid-carters to main event status. Yes. No one gave a shit about the Usos before they got involved with him. They did not give a shit and they used to boo Roman out of the building. He came back from the tumor, developed a persona worked on his shit. And he, now he's the most over guy there. AEW MJF's the guy. Mm-hmm. Kenny Omega is the best wrestler. MJF is the best entertainer. And that's just the way it is. And no one else is in his league. Yeah. The, yeah. the only critiques I would give MJF is to tone down the language a little bit. Cause the more you cuss, the less it means I should listen to my own lesson. And, um, he's a little hot on the anger. He's too smart and too. Ed- and I talked about this on my show last night. He's too smart and too educated to have to always be angry, to have to always scream and yell. You don't have to do it because a lot of times you get more attention. You, have you noticed how, well, you probably wouldn't notice because you probably paid a little, little attention, but Joe Biden likes to, it's because of taxes. You know, when he <laughs> wants you to listen, when he wants you to listen, he whispers, because yeah. that's when you get their attention. And mm-hmm. and I've, I've seen many, many wrestlers work that in. Nick Bockwinkle never screamed and yelled. If you've ever watched Nick Bockwinkle, he wasn't a screamer and a yeller. Ric Flair pretty much screamed and yelled every interview, if you really get right down to it. I don't think Ric Flair had to do that. Uh, but that was a, he was 99 miles an hour all the time. And MJF has been doing a lot of that. And that's the one thing I would change about him. Tone it down because he's too smart and he doesn't have to scream and yell every interview. And, uh, and he doesn't have to cuss like a sailor on every interview, save it, drive your point home with your shit, damn, or hell or fuck if they're going to let you say that. Uh, but if you throw in 15 fucks, eight son of a bitches, three motherfuckers and six, uh, uh, pussies, then what have you done? You know, yeah, you just, yeah. you just know that you can repeat foul language quite a bit. So yeah. that's just my opinion. What the fuck
0: do I know? <laughs> Kenny, if people want to follow your podcast and channel just as we kind of wrap up, where do they go? what did they do? I will put them underneath here as well. Yeah, it's we will very, do this again. It,
1: Well, it's very easy to find me on social media. If you go to any of the social medias and type in Starmaker Bowen, uh, Instagram at Starmaker Bowen on Twitter, um, uh, backslash Starmaker Bowen on Facebook, you will find me. Uh, the Bowlin Alley is very easy. YouTube.com forward slash The Bowlin Alley for now. <laughs> and uh, so that's how you find The Bowlin Alley. We've got over 1,300 episodes there. And um, my uh, email, if anybody ever wants to email me, uh, Food for Filipinos is how you donate uh, to help out our Filipino families. You can also email me and make PayPal donations at Bolan at msn.com kenny K E N N Y Bowen, b-o-l-i-n at msn.com all the social medias are uh, star maker bowen and uh, pretty easy to find
0: we kind of covered a bit of everything there kenny and we it was did. a pleasure we to, a lot of shit to get tonight. you for an hour today and Talk thanks to so you, much for coming on fuck
1: you chris hansen you know nothing <laughs> bitch you fucking <laughs> dateline trying to catch a goddamn cheating husband motherfucker I blew you away, bitch, and I haven't even seen the goddamn show. Want some, Chris Hansen? You don't.